and Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus. I am your host, Ed Horn, and tonight our main topic is going to be why don't you play new games? Alongside me tonight, of course, is going to be my really good friend, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed. How you doing? I'm really good. And, of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how you doing? Good, thanks, Ed. All right, so uh, the main topic, uh, uh, this is uh, Chris's topic for future reference for this one, and he posed us with some really interesting questions, which was, why don't you play new games? And that can be AAA modern games, that can be, I'm, I, I actually thought it might spill over into like new uh, miniature games or new RPGs, but maybe we'll kind of get into those roads, we'll see where that goes. But as always, we're going to kick off with what we've been doing lately in gaming. Sean, I have a feeling yours is going to be short and sweet, but I will, of course, lead off with you. What have you been doing lately, my friend? Um, that's a good question. Uh, work, more work, and working <laughs> some more. Um, new new job, new or new position at my job, so it's trying to get that under control. But gaming wise, um, we've well, my friends group has kind of been on hiatus the last few weeks. We have one of the guys in our group is a I don't know what the hell it is Gungan. Like the Gungan thing? I don't know what it is. Anyway, he buys the models and builds the models and and does stuff with the models. And then I guess he puts them into shows and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. I don't, I, I don't totally understand that because my understanding was that they came in, like all the plastic was pre-painted and they're like snapped together. But I guess some of them are painted. I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, he's been out the last couple of weeks. Um prepping for his show so my the other guy right now that's in the group him and his wife play project zomboid so we've done that the last couple weeks so we played last wednesday and then friday and then played again tonight prior to this and uh so i got a lot of project zomboid in kind of getting back in the feel for it and hopefully build 42 will come out so that it's supposed to be the a new upgraded version of the game, you know, with like um, crafting mechanics, like better crafting mechanics in it. There'll be, I don't know, I honestly don't know if there'll be like, uh, it, it, they're supposed to put NPCs in it, so I don't know if there'll be like a quest side or anything like that. But is it, we're just is there an updated rule set for the game. Like, like, so I don't, I, I don't know much about the actual tabletop game. I've seen it at the game starts, seen people play no, it. No, this, this is this is a video that, game. This is a video game. Oh, this just the video game. Oh, I thought from your yeah, game, I thought it was the actual on the table one. No, 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 not Zomb... Uh, what is it? Zombicide. Zombicide. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're yeah, this is, a, this is a Steam game, um, you know, Project Zomboid. It's, I think it's been out for like 10 years, you know, and it's it's one of those games where they just keep, you know, keep building it and building it. You, know, you buy it once, and the developers put a lot of work into it. And, oh, good. So they're kind of taking the game to the next level, which is what they've done. The last update gave us the multiplayer version of the game. And so the next build is build 42, um, which is supposed to give us like NPCs and like a hunting mechanic because, you know, it's a survival game. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an it's a I don't know how to put it. It's not a true open world survival game because there are borders, but it's an open world survival game as far as what the map gives you and everything. So, and 
like I host it because I got the it best. It feels computer. like playing The Sims with zombies is the best way. Of, yeah, I think yeah. Like an old version of The Sims. Yes, yeah, like a you know like a Sims Sims one maybe maybe Sims two at the best probably Sims one more than Sims two. Yeah. Um, and then it's you know the cool thing in it is the mods. So the game there there's modders that build weapon packs, and so you can just kind of like have damn near anything you want weapon wise if you want to go that route um body armor clothes vehicles and the setting is i think it's like mid 90s kentucky oh interesting so it's not modern day it's it's you know that mid 90s louisville is like the big big city and then it's small made-up towns around it and um, there's modders out there who have put like a military base in, and you know different towns and stuff along with the basic stuff. It's a pretty fun game to play. It it can get old really quick. Um, it's more fun to play, in my opinion, with as multiplayer than it is in single player. Just in single player, it you have to sleep, so you have energy things that you have to deal with. Or in multiplayer, you can make it so you don't have to sleep in the game. Um, so it's pretty. It's it's actually pretty cool. It's kind of like a, a mixture of like Chris was saying, The Sims, Minecraft. Um, you know those those MMORPGs like World of Warcraft or ever whatever it was EverQuest or whatever. <laughs> well, online, shit. Yeah, it's just yeah. showing your age a little on the EverQuest. <laughs> yeah, so it's it, it has that feel to it, but. You know, you don't pay a monthly fee, and you know if you're if you're really interested in the game, and you know you you can make it so that it's like tonight we were out, we we played from five to eight, and we were trying to find a sledgehammer, and you know rare, very rare object in the game, but you need it for a lot of the things you're doing in the game, um, and you know so you're we we spent about an hour and a half of our three hours. Hunting down a sledgehammer. And, you know, but you, we went to the police station to, you know, raid the ammo lockers and stuff like that. So, did you find cool, it? <laughs> yeah, actually, we did drive it. Right, I was curious. We, we I found need a closure it closure like to that. Last, we, we found it like in the last seven minutes. We went to the hardware store in Riverside, one of the towns, and we didn't find it there. And then we're driving back on a road, and throughout there'll be like road construction areas. And as we were driving back, we found it laying on the ground next to a pickup truck. That's the road construction guy's truck. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, you're, you're, you have to let your imagination make the game interesting, too, with stuff like that. Um, but then other than that, um, I'm working on a very small space in my basement to add, I have... I have a Miss Pac-Man class of 81 with Galaga up in my living room, dining room area right now that I need to move downstairs. And then I have my second Star Wars machine that I need to move downstairs. So I need to make a little more space in the arcade for that. And then I need to make another space because I have another, but it's a new one. It's the At Games 4K pinball coming. So I need to make a little more space for these machines to get downstairs, and then for the new pinball to come. So that you have to uh, you have to let me know how that 4K pinball one works out. Um, 
I think it's going to be great. Like, you know, there, it all depends what you're, you know, what you're looking for. If the, if the, the rock chip processor that the system uses is strong, powerful enough, it shouldn't be an issue with the 4k games, you know, but you're also building the game. It's then studios is the big one. That's making the, the, the 4k game. So they're the ones that if you go to Steam and you look up FX3, mm-hmm. that's their studio on Steam with all the 4K games or all the, the pinball games. Well, they're redoing them in 4K for this system, so it should should work just fine. The back box, like the old one that I have, the back box will be small is smaller on, on the old one, and then the DMD, which is the third screen, um, will be a little bit bigger too. So the back box will be bigger with a bigger screen because like with with pinball machines, you know, from probably the 90s on, a lot of them had monitors in them. So you would get the interaction from the play field to the, the play field to the monitor that's in the back box, you know, or the back box would be where the score is kept or whatever. So it makes it a much more interactive thing. The other thing that's nice is I can add a joystick, a, 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 a trackball, and then buttons. And supposedly they're supposed to be coming out with 4K arcade games. And if that's the case, I can just play them on the pinball machine where I don't right. have to buy another. I don't have to buy my third ALU. I can just play them on the, the now you can only play single player, of course, but who cares, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm really, 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 really looking forward to, to that. And that, that should be here right around, Right around Christmas time, first week of January, I did the the first order of oh, it's an Adams Family theme artwork. Oh, that's cool. Which Adams Family is one of the top, you know, ever pinball machines made. It's I don't think it's the top, but it's one of the top. So the artwork's in Adams Family, and then they they're putting out other ones down the road, but they're putting out this one as the starter, and it comes with the one Zen pinball table, which is the Adams Family pinball. So, so you're getting the Adams Family pinball game by Zen Studios, and then you're getting the Zacharia games. And I don't know exactly what Zacharia games come on it, but that's another. I think that's more like a European style of, of pinball machines, pinball company. But I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, the HD version that I have, the 1080p HD version I have, is all Zacharia, Zacharia and Taito tables. Ah, uh, gotcha. And then they did a couple, I think like one or two Gottlieb table. But the way the company works is you buy pinball packs, and then they download to your machine, and they stay on the machine. Um, where with this, they're doing what's called Pinball Net, where it's a subscription service. So I bought two years of the subscription and what that allows me to do is download pinball tables to the machine and play it on the machine. So I don't have to go and buy the pinball packs unless I really want them. The pinball packs will be in the arcade net and um, I'll be able to play. And then the, they have our, what's called arcade net also on the current HD where a lot of the, the packs that you could buy if you paid the subscription service you don't need to buy the packs. You just do the same. You're playing them online, basically. 
So it's a pretty cool system that they have. It's a, you know, it's, it's a neat ecosystem. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much sold on what they're doing. And kind of my arcade is what I'll call finished, unless Arcade 1-Up comes out with a cabinet that I, at, like, if they came out with Robotron and Smash TV, I would probably have to sell my uh, MK2 cabinet because it's the first one to go, is MK2. Um, or just use it as spare parts, one of the two, to gain the space for the Robotron cabinet. I forgot to tell you that I got a chance to play that at the Pittsburgh Retro Games uh, Convention. Which one? Robotron. When I saw it, I made sure to make time to stop by and play that, because I'm like, oh, this is one of Sean's favorite games, and I've never actually touched the cabinet for this. Yeah, it's, it's in my top 20s. I, I had never actually played Smash TV until I got the the ALU and I played smash TV and I think that's a better game than Robotron. Ooh. You know, because there's more to it. It's more interactive. You sure. Know, there's, you know, cause you're gaining money and you know, you're not just doing the same thing over and over and over. You can get upgraded weapons and things like that. So that would be a, a, a machine that I would potentially buy. Oh yeah. Plus I also am getting, um, so there's a guy, but it's, he has a company called Thunderstick Studios, and he's the one. I love that, the name. Yeah, yeah. His name's Glenn, but he, he has a company called Thunderstick Studios, and he's the one that made the upgraded. So, like, if you bought the arcade one-up Tron machine, it has a light-up um, gun. You know, it has a light-up flight stick because Tron had a light-up flight stick. I remember where, where it had a trigger, and then if you had discs, or if you ever played discs of Tron, it had a trigger and then a button up on the top. So, so it had a thumb button, is what what I would call it. So the original game, the the Tron from Arcade One Up, came with a relatively cheap plastic joystick, which understood, you know, it's a four hundred ninety nine dollar machine, so you're not getting you know top notch parts, but he put out the Tron flight stick and then you could get it with the button and it's a little smaller, but it has like a metal shaft and you can also change out the Tron sticks with regular joysticks. And they're like competition level joysticks for like 40 bucks. You know, they're heavy, they're heavy pound spring joysticks for really cheap. So I have that on my ALU, I have two of them on my ALU upstairs and I still have to do my Tron one, um, but I'm going to do that all at once because I have the back from Tul. I don't remember who did it. I think it's Tulsa Arcades, maybe. They did in the original Tron game. They had a second, kind of like a color DMD monitor, but it was a second monitor up above the main screen where you had the M- M- the MCP that was spinning and then had the light ray going up like when Tron jumps in. So I had that, so I bought a upgrade for my Tron. So I have, I can upgrade my Tron. Anyway, to make this a really long story, probably longer, <laughs> the company has come out with the Ikari Warrior stick. So Ooh. I don't know if you ever, did you ever play Ikari Warriors? I played Ikari Warriors, but I played it on the NES. I don't ever recall playing it on an arcade. An arcade. So the arcade has a joystick that actually turns so it can turn 360 degrees so the the stick has a handle on it that allowed the joystick to turn 360 so this 
this guy, this company is coming out with the Akari Warrior joystick because why that matters is that if you play Akari Warriors, you play Frontline, and there's another one that I can't think of, like Commando or something like that. You have to have that spinning stick because otherwise, in reality, the game, you would just move, the gun would always point front to the front, and then you would have to go back and left and right to line the gun up. Oh, but that'd be a this, pain, yes. Yeah. But with this, it actually turns the character so that the gun goes, you know, 8 eight or 12, which this one you can do multiple positions on. And um, so that the gun actually points the way that you want it to point. Interesting. Pretty cool. So he, he's putting this out. And the best part about it is, is that I think it's SNK or Sega. I can't remember which company made it, but they actually licensed the stick. So when you get it, you get it in a box that you can actually turn into the control box for the stick. So it's it's still cardboard, but it's thick cardboard, and then it's jungle themed like Akari Warriors. And it's just it's SNK is the one who made it. Um, so the other cool thing about it was was that Amazon had the SNK 40th anniversary pack on sale, or sorry, not on sale for free. For the month of September, so if you if you got that, it comes with the Kari Warriors and, and a couple others that will use the joystick. So I have a 49-inch monitor that I'm going to be playing Kari Warriors on with the, joystick, with the proper joystick and and the proper way to play that I haven't played since I played it in the arcades as a kid. So well, that's exciting. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what, what I've been doing, and uh, it's, you know, if it isn't Project Zombo, I did buy, and we'll talk about this later, too, I did buy, what the hell was the game that just came out that everybody loved that they, all the other studios said that you couldn't, Baldur's Gate. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3. So I did buy that, but we'll talk about that when we get to the topic tonight. So, all right, we'll put that, we'll put that on hold. Yeah, that one will have to have a pin put in it, but yeah, okay. so... That's pretty much what I've been doing, um, mostly working, but I got a little gaming in, which is really good. <laughs> That's always and, uh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 wait, one other thing. Sure. Actually sat down and watched a live X-Wing game being played for Ooh. the first time since like 2018, 17, something like that, where I watched two people actually playing X-Wing. Because I stopped at the, I stopped at the game. Oh, I didn't play. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just kind of curious as your your thoughts on what the game looks like now in comparison to what we used to play back in our day. I mean, if you if you took the objectives away, it's you know relatively the same game. You know, other than the way the ships are built now, and you know you don't have. And I was talking to him about it too, about the name ships compared to the generics and stuff, and. I asked them questions about how they felt about that, and they're both of the people playing were positive about it because, you know, who really wants to play with, you know, Red 12, you know? I mean... Academy pilots. Yeah, you know, the the, the kids that you saw in, in you know, uh, Star Wars Rebels or whatever that other show was that, that Disney had. So they like the fact that you're playing with real pilots with abilities and... Yeah, I asked him. I, I asked that. him. 
I asked them if they were frustrated with like loadouts and things like that. And they said, yeah, you know, that's, that's one of those things that did frustrate them some is the way the building is and stuff. And I didn't elaborate too much with them, but, but yeah, it was, it was good to see. It was a uh, Neil Gilsdorf. I don't know who the guy he was playing. And then Aaron sales, which was another guy I hadn't talked to for a long time. And he was there watching their game with me. He just got back into it. He said like four or five weeks ago. So oh, yeah, it was enough, interesting to watch. Enough people start playing, Sean, they'll drag you back in. Oh no, no, no. I, Every I, time I'm, I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> well, and, and I brought it up, you know, I said, I think the thing that hurt X-Wing other than of course a pandemic what would have made X-Wing 2.0, we'll call it better in, in a lot of ways, when when um, the new studio took over, when Atomic Mass took over, is if they hadn't put out the conversion kits. Yeah, we've talked about that. Like I, I remember being a big fan of those whenever they first came out, and then slowly over time, I have come around to the belief that that was a mistake. Now, I understand, you know, Fantasy Flight did that, you know, which is understandable. They had to scale the game back and make more money and make you buy ships. And, you know, it was, you know. more, it was more along the line. It was appeasing the old timers is what it was. It was all oh, the yeah, people, yeah. It, it was all the people that had played since first edition. They were appeasing yep. them. And yeah. in the beginning, it made sense to me. But like you like I, we've, I know we've had this conversation multiple times on the show over time. I have come to see how much of a mistake and how bad that was actually for the game. I think at the time, it was probably the best thing that they could do because they didn't want to lose all the people playing the game. Yeah, but imagine what it would have been like to be able to play if only Wave 1 were legal. That's the one thing that I wish they had done. I know we had that conversation. We're like, sure, you can go out and get these packs and you have cards and everything for them, but the only ships that are currently legal and competitive play were these and i thought that's where they were going to go and then they didn't and that it just it just opened the floodgates open for all the shenanigans kind of thing again because right. what it would have been so cool like i remember playing way back and i started in wave three so i remember whenever all those like the falcon had come out and how hard it was to get tie fighters like that was a very different game when you had such a very limited amount of ships that were quote-unquote legal in the game because those are that was all that had been produced it really would have been an interesting meta to see it rebuild over time but i i understand like i said why they did it is they didn't want to lose the old players you know well and there's still some ships that they've not released yet chris you're uh, you're you're way more in tune with the pulse of what's going on with x-wing though but aren't there still ships that they have yet to still release yet that from those old ships oh lots of them yeah, you yeah. know, but you, you know, it's the other thing. Weren't they pulling from Legends at the time? Yes, there was oh, a yeah. lot of that stuff there. Yeah, like so, heck, they started pulling from Legends right, right around like Wave Four. Well, when Wave like, Three, the, the Phantom. Wait, uh, that wave was Wave. Four. That was Wave Four. That was Wave Four. Okay. Yeah, that, and that's what I was saying because they brought the oh, Phantom. Yeah. They brought the Phantom into the game. They brought the Hawk into the game in yep. Wave Four. Um, the the Z ninety five. Wave five, wave six, all the waves after that were basically, you know, legend ships of some sort. Because mm-hmm. you know, they brought in the, what was it, the 2400, the Decimator. Yep. You know, they made a ship for the game for Epic's play that ended up 
becoming canon, you know, in whatever Rebels or whatever the show was, with that, with the $100 Palpatine ship. Yeah, the Imperial, oh, what is that? I'm I'm literally looking at it. Well, because the Gazanti came into that, that came out of the the Raider. And the the Raider. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't want to. I'm literally looking at my Gazanti. It's right there. I I don't want to slog this down too much, you know, talking about the old old X-Wing and stuff. But, um, yeah, so I sat down and watched the game for about 20 minutes of X-Wing, and I had had my enough enough of by that time so like, all right i've seen it i'm good <laughs> yeah yeah it was convenient and i stopped after work it's right outside of where i work and um went and watched and talked to you know friends that i hadn't seen for a few years and pretty cool you know good good so that 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 is my flight deck for this show <laughs> all right chris i was gonna kick it over to you but for i like mine is so brief i was just gonna jump in real quick with mine and then i'll let you run with yours because i feel like yours is probably more eventful than mine i will freely admit that i did not get any tabletop gaming in in the last two weeks we've had some events happen and i've had to stay home from the game store the last two weeks regrettably but you know sometimes you do what you got to do um the only thing that i've been able to get done uh, I did post pictures in the Discord. I got my first five girl squad of Seraphim complete. And as I am sitting here talking to you right now, the Martian Iron Earth is currently drying on my second squad, which means sometime tomorrow afternoon, uh, by the time you're hearing this, is probably already passed. But on Sunday afternoon, if you feel a disturbance in the force at some point in time, you'll know that Ed finally, finally, finally put the last stroke of paint on his last five, meaning my entire 1,500-point army, if I get to make it to the game store this week, will be fully painted and done going to the game store. So I'm so excited for that. Now, what that does mean, though, is Gabe and I have already talked. I mean, we had the chat two weeks ago about potentially going to Adepticon. I talked to Gabriel. Gabriel was like, yep, nope, I'm on board. We can do it. He's like, I got to come up with whatever list I want to come because we do want to play in the singles event while we're there, which means that I need to do have 2000 points ready by March. Now, that's really not going to be that hard for me because the the additional 500 points for me is uh, I have a rhino upstairs that I haven't even taken out of the box or taken the cellophane off of that. I Hopefully I can start putting together tomorrow. Um, I still need to run out and buy another castigator and another exorcist and then <clears throat> Celestine. Um, it, it's uh, at some point in time that that's the additional points I need to, to take it up to 2000. So in my head, that is, I need to build and paint three tanks and I have five months to do it. I should be able to pull it off. I think With, the hardest thing there is hoping that Chris does the one model he's going to do. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind doing a few practice runs with her before I get to Adepticon. You don't want me to hand her over at Adepticon and save you postage? Yeah, you yeah. I, I'd rather pay the postage and actually get some gains in with her if that's okay. So, yeah, hint, hint, poke, poke. Um, If Celestine could get a little bit higher on the list, maybe? Please? She's pretty, she's pretty high on the list. I just haven't done any painting. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. So that's all I got done. So yeah, at some point in time, I'll post pictures in Discord tomorrow whenever I have those done. And then I owe um, the Discord a family photo of the entire 1,500-point uh, squad done and painted together. I'll try to set something up tomorrow and get a nice picture of it. I, apparently, I have a bed to 
my daughter's changing her bed out tomorrow. And I have no idea how long that project's going to take tomorrow because it's always more complicated than it ever needs to be. So that's it. That's all. Oh, and then it is spooky, scary time uh, at the time of this recording. So it is Halloween. and I'm doing my annual playthrough of Alien Isolation. I'm going after the final trophy that I have not completed on that game, um, which is beating the game on nightmare mode. And oh, my God, is it a pain in the balls? <laughs> it gets to the point that sometimes I have to walk away from it because it's so frustrating. Um, it's still as scary as it always has been. It's still as fun as it always has been. I do genuinely, truly love that game. I still feel like they did a fantastic job with it. And I feel like they need to do another Alien game in that vein. And then that... Um, one of the problems I've always had with Alien games uh, in PC form, and in video games in, in total, is they always take the magic away from the Alien and they just make it a hitbox of hit points to kill and they die so quickly in the game whereas in alien isolation it's literally an unkillable monster and the the tension's still there the horror's still there i think it, that that particular game was done extraordinarily well so I, i've always sung high praises of that so i will finally 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 have nightmare mode done i will platinum that game have every accomplishment done on it and completed it and then I can maybe move on to picking something else. I'm thinking I, I started Silent Hill 2, I think, last year for Halloween. If I get this one done early, I might go back and finish that. Because it's been a really long time since I've done Silent Hill 2. And I know there's a remake coming out for it, so I kind of want to have that keep fresh in my head. That's it. That's all I got. Chris, I'm going to kick the ball in your corner because you probably have more interesting things than I had to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hopefully. I'm not offending, I suppose. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Um, so since we last spoke, what have I been doing? I've played some more Legion with my Wookiee army. Ooh, um, how's that working was, out? Um, yeah, I think I said last time that Yoda's really, really, really good. Yes, yes, uh, you did. That, that hasn't changed. Um, Yoda is still kicking ass, taking names. Um, I haven't lost a game in our league yet, so, um, it's going pretty well. Uh, I mean, it, it suffers from the uh, the bid system. Uh, they've made it better with the way it all works, with a four-card flop instead of a three-card flop. Um, and all of the advantages go into the player with the lesser bid. Like in the event of a tie, you actually lose if you bid more points. Oh, so if, yeah. if you're tied on mission points, tied on kill points, the person with the smaller bid wins. So Is that similar to how X-Men used to do it with their bids as far as the amount of points you go down? No, because you didn't... You had to kill stuff to get the bid. So now if no oh. players kill anything... So if you deploy in the corner, don't do anything for the entire game, and both players do that, it'll finish 0-0 zero, zero on mission, 0-0 zero, zero on kill points, and then the person with the smaller bid wins. Gotcha. Um, but I'm currently bidding 15 points with my Yoda list. So that I get to play my mission deck, and it just it makes the game feel silly sometimes. Like, uh, so you go, you do a flop. I think I've gone through this before, but you 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 do a flop of three different stacks of cards. You've got your deployments, you've got your um, missions, like your objectives, and then you've got a condition card. There's eight of each type in the game, and you get to pick four to build your deck with. And then if you're playing with yours, you play with your entire deck. So you turn over your four missions, your four objectives, your four deployments, and your four conditions. 
and then you ban one, your opponent bans one, you ban one, your opponent bans the last one, and then what's left, going from left to right, is what you play. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can remember that now. Yeah. Um, so in the last game I played, I did the flop, and I'm like, okay, I passed my ban. So my opponent agonized for five minutes and then banned a card, and so I passed my second ban. None of it's none of it. My, it's my deck. It's all great for me. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we ended up playing a, a very close fought game. Um, we kind of ran out of time ish, but then we just like sped through the important parts of the game um, for the last turn to see how it would have turned out, kind of thing. Uh, stuff like um, we both had like five or six activations that were going to be irrelevant. The only stuff that mattered was like, is Ahsoka going to catch the unit of Wookiees holding the objective? So if the unit of Wookiees got to activate first, they could move far enough away from Ahsoka that she couldn't hurt them. So like, we did the, um, the the command card flip for who's going to get to go first. It was me. Then I've got a 75% chance of pulling the correct token. So I pulled the correct token. The Wookiees ran away. Then he has to pull a token to see if he can then get the um, the other thing that can affect the outcome of the game. If he doesn't get that one, then I get to go. And, you know, so I kind of, I I won because of a couple of pulls in the end after we both kind of misplayed a little bit. But, yeah, it was good. Um, Mark's a good player as well. He's the guy who um, won our star championship. Ooh. So, it felt like a well-earned win. He was running Cassian K2SO, um, Ahsoka, uh, then Rebel Veterans with Mark II uh, turrets, and then the FD turrets with 10 activation list. And I was running um, Yoda, a bunch of Wookiees, and some Photocraft. But yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, I still haven't got them all painted yet, so... As you can see, I haven't done much painting. You know, what are you going to do? So I heard. Wookiees <laughs> um, are easy, though, right? Like, to just paint them brown, a little bit of silver, and wash, and they're done? I've, I've got, I'm down for details on the Wookiees, then I'll kind of um, do a little bit of more texture on the fur, probably. Oh, cool. Um, are you, all right, hang on. Now, wait, now I, I've got to ask. Are all of your Wookiees just brown? No. Or have you gone for a variety of furs? So I undercoated everything black, then I selected um, a dry brush, and then um, I so I, I grabbed maybe, let's say, 20 Wookiees at random out of my all of them that were undercoated black, took them to work, and then I did um, a selection of different browns, blacks, greys, um, and I and different washes, and then I had dry brush all of the model, one colour, put a wash on it uh, for like five of the 20. Then I'd do a different one for another five of the 20. But then I'd pick a random wash and remix the 20 up so that you're getting a different dry brush over different washes. Yeah. Kind of give you a little bit of variety all the way through. So they don't all look uniform. They're not all uh, Chewbacca clones. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, it's been going fine. It's going fine. The photograph are a pain in the ass, but I knew that going in, so you know, it's not, I'm not too sad. Um, and like then 
every sister I've ever painted or every tank I've ever painted for that art for that army has so many gribbly bits and little details that need to be. Yeah, it's such a I mean, it, it, there, it looks really good. That's the one thing that I could say is whenever I do see it on the table, I'm really happy with the way that they're turning out. I do wish I were a better painter in some areas. There were things that were I could do better at and maybe someday I'll go back to them. But to be able to just see it on the table, it's just so nice. It's so nice to be able to sit down and put down a fully painted army. Yeah, I think you've been doing great. I, I, I've i gotten to the point that I'm so nitpicky on some of the things. Like, faces, are st I still struggle with. I just got done doing, whenever I did Morvenval, that's, that and the face on the Imagifier, I think, are the first two faces that I did that I was actually happy with. That I mm. thought that I did a pretty good job on. The rest of them are just kind of okay. I'm sure they're better than that. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I I, I pride myself on being just above mid-tier painting skills. They look good enough that, like, from a distance, when you look at them on the table, they look awesome. And then you get up close, you're like, oh, there's a little spot that I see that still drives me nuts. But anyway. Mm. That's fine. Um, Then I played some... Well, I ran my store championships. That was last weekend for X-Wing. Uh, I ended up with um, not enough plays to justify giving away two invites for one event. So I had to do two one-day events. So one-day event on the Saturday, one-day event on the Sunday. Um, so I had 18 players for the Saturday event, and then um, 19 players for the Sunday with two different... So one person dropped from the Saturday to a Sunday and two new players turned up. Oh, very nice. So I, I effectively ran two uh, two tournaments in one weekend. <laughs> um, the first one was four rounds of Swiss cut to top four. Um, and then obviously the final after the quad, uh, after the semis. Um, that one finished with um, two friends who traveled from Vancouver. Um, one of whom already had the invite, so he conceded in the final. So we got an early night and all went out for um, food and stuff. That was cool. There you go. There you go. And then uh, the Sunday ended with um, Paul LaRue and his son in the final. And his son has already got an invite for Legion, so he conceded to Paul in the final for that one. So I got an early finish in as well. Oh, there you go. So my, my fear of doing 12 rounds in two days was shattered by only having to actually do um 10 rounds in two days this is great yeah so much better yeah um so that was so the x-wing one's done the legion one's done so the deploy with garrison open is going looks like it's going to be a sellout so um, that's been better than i'd expected and remind me again what the cap was for that was it 32 um 24 was the 24 that's cap what that i put down but Obviously, it's bigger players, uh, bigger play area than for X-Wing. Um, so it's a tighter fit. But I think the well, last time I checked, number of tickets sold have sold like 12 already. Um, and I, we've got people who haven't signed up yet who've said they're coming. So I think it's going to turn out pretty well. And when's that again? That's November the 4th, Saturday, November 4th. Are you planning on playing in it? I had, yeah, but as it turns into a real event, I'm like, oh, maybe I should just run it, but we'll see. I'll probably just play anyway, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I was just kind of uh, cur curious if you were going to stream or anything from it, because it'd be kind of cool to kind of 
like, cause I know Alan's going to be there and I haven't like talked to Alan in quite some time since D and D, uh, the D and D group buttoned up and I was, uh, just, I don't know, just kind of see if he was on stream or something that'd been fun to watch. Oh, we had one of our players on the stream for the final play, uh, final table of Swiss at the Montreal world open qualifier today from uh, Dion was streaming one of my locals. Oh, that was good for him, I suppose. That's yeah, always fun. Yeah, he uh, he lost. He finished third in Swiss overall out of forty-four players. So good effort. Um, I I was not happy with him though. Full disclosure. <laughs> oh, um, they they agreed to not play uh, objectives in the final on the final because they both made the cut, and so they decided, they agreed to not do the objectives. And I'm very disappointed in that. I said like, I I would have given him abuse if he tried to do that on a Friday night fun night. Just playing two point all effectively. So oh, would... oh, oh! I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Um. But then he got crushed. So sucks to be him. If he could have taken some of those objectives, he might have won. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh. Yeah, but no, Mackay did good. He uh, beat everyone in front of him apart from his last game. Which, I mean, it's weird. I was having um. I won't say an argument. I was having a discussion with um, Chris Allen about this because I was like, you just ID at that point, just draw. So yeah. Intentionally draw so you don't have to play the game and then you can be fresh for the quarterfinal cut. And Chris was telling me quite adamantly and vehemently that I'm wrong because you want to, you're guaranteed to be in the cut even if you lose because of the way the play brackets and everything break out. Mm hmm. So you play the game to get a better seeding, so you, you end up playing with three, one, and one player from the draws, so you get the weakest of the players who made the cut. And my argument was that I'd rather be fresher and have had to play less games to get to a cut. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather... I'm in your camp on that one. If I'm guaranteed the spot in, I would have rather gotten the extra sleep. So Chris's point is... I think Chris is right in this specific instance, but I know Chris is right in this specific instance, because I, even at Montreal time, the rain would have finished at like 5.30 and they're only coming back tomorrow. Oh. So, all right. you know what I mean? So I, I, I hadn't really considered that angle of it. I was just caught talking in generalities. But, I mean, I suppose getting away at five instead of six isn't that big of a deal, you know? Yeah, yeah, all um, right. So, and you're probably going to still go out with everyone to eat, but yeah. I don't know, I put a lot of um, thought into not wanting the brain drain, and I mean, it's irrelevant, because I'm not going to be there anyway, so. Right. <laughs> um, But yeah, it was an interesting debate, which I was happy to lose. <laughs> I I don't always, always, I mean, I suppose, well, how should I turn? I, I got to feel like you when we talk. Yeah. Like, oh I no! Would... I see. I see your point. I've come around to your way of thinking. Yep. I I I waited with one opinion, and then Chris changed my mind. <laughs> Good. I'm glad someone else does that to you. <laughs> uh, I've been trying really hard recently to be more open-minded, bringing less baggage to a table in all walks of life. You know. So we'll see okay. how that plays out. Yeah, that comes with age and wisdom. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll see. All right. Anything else you want to cover? Um, not really. I've been doing um a decent amount of um model building to kind of I think 
you look behind me, look, you can see the table behind me. Mm-hmm. And like there's some models I've been building as a paint station, but there's no boxes of crap on the table. We actually played Arkham Horror at my house. I had the table Ooh. cleared and everything. Uh, so I, I picked up the last couple of uh, models I needed so far. I've got, for my Grand Army of Republic, I have obviously my Wookiee list, which has got Yoda in it. Then I've got the 501st uh, Battle Force box, which is Anakin. Cap- uh, I bought Captain Rex. He's, he's only allowed to take Phase 2 clones and like, Arc Troopers. Um, so I've got a, a list for Anakin and, and Rex and the uh, 501st. Then the starter box comes with Obi Wan. Oh, so cool. I, they've just released Cody. I've got to do um, a 212 list. So um, I bought, I had all the clones from the starter set, all the phase ones. I had a bunch of extra phase ones that people have given me over time. Um, the bark speeders. So I had to pick up Cody, and he comes with um, Waxer and Boyle from the um, Clone Wars show. And then while we've been recording, I've been building my infantry support platform. I was going to mention you're in the middle of building yeah. something while we were doing, while we were doing the show. Yeah. Um, so, I, and then that'll be theoretically, um, I'll, I'll have had, I've got Padme built. I've got some extra clones. Um, I probably need to buy a saber tank would be the only other Republic thing that I don't have at that point, I think. Hmm. So R two D two, but whatever. And does the event have a fully painted requirement? Just out of curiosity. Uh, no, I'll do. Uh, if if you have a fully painted army, I put you into a, a an extra prize draw that you can only be eligible for if you fully painted. Gotcha. But you're not going to win it, so that's I assume you're going to go the route of I'm not going to win prizes at my own event, but I don't know that. <laughs> um. Would I? Uh, well, I couldn't take the fully fully painted one because um, I feel like that would be a random draw. Um, it, I would be conceding in the final if I make it because I um, am hoping to be judging at Worlds rather than playing any games. Right, yeah, so, exactly. So you can't actually take the ticket anyway. Yeah, so I wouldn't deprive someone just because... And I, I can't win and then pass it down if I don't have a ticket. What you could do is quote unquote officially concede and then still play the game just to see if you'd have won. Well, I mean, but do you play as hard? Well, I mean, why not? What time is it, Sean? What's that? What time is it, Sean? I, I'm missing. Is it Ed's internet goes off time? Oh, yeah. 9.30. Yeah. Yep. I feel sorry. Hey. For Gabe in the background there, trying to play yeah, whatever yeah. game he was in the middle of. Yep. Yeah. They're done. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. again, if you had Ed forgot to turn the internet change off off on your bingo card. No, we, I I changed all of the bingo cards because it was coming up too much. It's now if Ed remembers. Oh oh oh! There you go. That's a better one. I could just be yep. the free. I, that can just be the free space on the bingo card. I mean, oh. it, yeah. Ed forgetting to turn off the internet or to leave the internet on yeah. is actually the center space of the bingo card. Right. Yes, everyone's going. A hundred percent. Well, the center space is, is a free space, but it still has a qualifier of Ed forgets to shut it off or shut the <laughs> shut or Ed forgets that it's going to shut down. Mm-hmm. And then it's also a space when he remembers to shut it off. There you go. <laughs> there, there we you go. go. Oh, yeah. 
All right, Chris, you have anything else you want to go through? No, that's everything. I'm happy with that. Oh, good. All right, so we're going to move on to the main topic, which is why don't you play newer games? Now, Chris, this is your topic, so I'm going to let you lead in with this to make sure that I have a full understanding of where you'd like this one to go. I mean, it's my topic, and I'll hold my hands up. You know, I'm partially to blame, but I feel like... I sit here listening to you guys talk about games from like 2005 or 1988. And it's yeah. Called, and it's like, yeah. Uh, did, did you play Jedi Survivor? No. Did, did you play like Final Fantasy VII remake? That I played. That I'm actually. I actually want to re. I want to replay that because uh, Rebirth is coming out. Uh, in February, so I want to yeah. I want to make sure that I've got a, a remembrance of that game and be prepared for it when it comes out. But well, that's yeah. because, but that's because it was Final Fantasy VII because that still harkens back to 1997 because it's like oh I'm gonna go back and relive this game that I loved when I was a kid. So I don't know that that's a fair uh, to to the point that I think that you're trying to make. I don't know that that one's fair because it was just a remake of a game that I are well it, more than that. If you've played it, you know. Um, but yeah, it still harkens back to a game from my past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was basically it. Like, what is it that draws you into these older games? Obviously, like Sean, your arcade isn't um, tooled up with a bunch of like high-flying new cabinets of like modern games. It's all like retro stuff. So, yeah, I mean that's that's an easy answer. It's nostalgia. You know, for me, the arcade in the basement is not reliving because you can never relive it, but it's getting the sounds, you know, it's that uh, sensory side of the arcade that I had when I was a kid. You know, when it's funny because there are games like a game like and and if you've never played it, I understand, but Wizard of War, you know, if you have never played Wizard of War in the arcade, you don't get the sounds or when you walked into an arcade back when I was a kid, A, they weren't as big as they are today. It's not like Dave and Buster's, where you have a whole wing of a restaurant that's designed for that. They were small, dark, tightly packed, uh, you know, arc spaces that were black walls with some some psychedelic carpet with black lights going. Yeah. Kind of like a, kind of like the skate rink, you know, when you went to the skate rink. In the 80s, if you're that old, or right? I'm sure even today, um, the carpet around it is, you know, the black light, day glow colors, things like that. But really what bombarded you the moment you walked into an arcade is the sounds of the arcade. Sounds so machines going off, the corners yeah, dropping you know, in. Yep. When, I'm right know, there. You've already got me right back. You know, when you, when you hear the start of, like, Miss Pac-Man, you know... You know right away that's Miss Pac-Man, or you hear Gorf. You know uh, the way that Gorf sounds and the way that Gorf is, and it, it brings you back right away to sitting there and playing Gorf, and you know maybe making it to the mothership, which was the fourth or fifth wave, and you're just like you know because it's it, it's just the sounds. Wizards of War is just one of those games. When I turn it on, it it's like, how do you put it? It's like the serotonin rush, you know, 
that you would get, you know, from other things. For me, it's that hearing Gorf, hearing hearing Wizard of War, hearing Berserk, you know, it's another one. Robotron, the the firing in Robotron. Um, that's what draws me to it more than anything else is nostalgia, and I suck at those games. Like I was never good at them when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. Um, but it's that that feeling, you know that feeling of, of playing those games is just, it's amazing. Like I was playing Miss Pac-Man the other day and I realized how bad I was at Miss Pac-Man, you know, <laughs> literally I realized how bad. Now I could make up every excuse, you know, it is on the machine I have is a four-way joystick. So I can't say I'm using an eight-way gate on a four-way gate game. You know, um, I can't do that, but I realized I still suck at these games playing Galaga the other day. And it was the same thing, which I completely forgot I was doing until I was just talking about this. So that should have been in my flight deck. I did play some arcade games. Um, the game Mappy, it's a game I never played, but I heard it so much in the arcade that when it comes on, and I could turn it on and, you know, have you hear the sounds, but it's just, it's amazing just having that sound. I could turn everything on, put it in a track mode, and just sit in a chair and just relax. You know, that's like relaxing. That's my true point of relaxation is that game. And and I, I actually, uh, while Chris was doing his flight deck and stuff, I was going through my um, theme deck and the games on the Batisera drive that I purchased. And I'm going through it and I'm like, I mean, it's unbelievable, you know, the games that I even forget about, you know, that I don't, I have access to all these games on different systems too. I have my ALU, which I can access pretty much every arcade game that's out there with the exception of maybe like NFL Blitz and games like that because of the the chipset's not powerful enough for that. And I'm like, but I have NFL Blitz downstairs in my arcade, the arcade one-up version of it, which is tempered down. You don't have all the late hits, but you get the wacky and wild commentary still, you know, and... So that that's that's what attracts me to the games that I purchase or play are the games that have a nostalgic feel for me. Um, it's and and that's really it for me. You know, I my time in the arcade, the original time in the arcade was done in '85, picked back up in '87, '88, and then pretty much ended by '92, '93 because. In in the interim, I also had the I had an Atari twenty six hundred. Um, what else? I had a Commodore sixty four one twenty eight. Um, and then my friend Matt, who uh, you know, that we were in the military together, he had an Amiga five hundred. You know, so we we those games and going back to those systems. Oh, he also bought the Sega Genesis. He had a Dreamcast at one point, and then I got back into it with the PlayStation one. And I only played one game on that, which was the NCAA football game. PlayStation 2, we got that. That was the same thing. It was NCAA football. And then Madden on that one, because it was just so much better right off yeah. the bat. And then that's pretty much where my time with it. My son, Xbox, he's had every system since. Um, from Xbox One, PlayStation 1 on was him. But... Yeah, I could go on about it. You know, it's just, it's that nostalgia feeling when I look at it, um, you know, or, or I, I purchase games or I do the things that I do based upon 
that feeling. You know, I buy the buy the yeah. joystick for Akari Warriors because it's the only way to write play Akari Warriors correctly. You know, so I'll, I'll drop the money for that. And, yeah. So you know. Sean's in there with nostalgia, Ed. That's why he plays older games. So right, what, what, why are you doing all of these replays that you do every year? So I there a lot of it. He's correct in the fact of the nostalgia. Like there's the reason why I have a Raspberry Pi upstairs that has all of the old games that I used to play. It's got the Atari on there. It's got the NES, the Super NES, the Genesis, the PlayStation One. Like the the, the game systems that I grew up with are on there. So there is a lot of that um, nostalgia on there because it does get to that point where adulting sucks. Like, you know, like it I get I mean, I said I've got like cracked PSP. I've bought a bunch of uh, PSP games. Um so I could like play upstairs or um and that kind of stuff. But like generally, even when I collected them in the UK and was in the Air Force, the only time I'd ever actually put hours into my Super Nintendo was if I was on uh on one of the duties like when I was on, um, I used to do it when I was a tool technician. So you work in the, um, the supply room where all the tools are, and all you've got to do is watch TV. Someone comes and asks for a spanner, you go and get them a the right size spanner, they sign it out. But I'd take my Super Nintendo with me, hook it up to the TV, and play Zelda or play Secret of Mana. And like, because you're on the duty for a week, and, you, and I'd kind of do that. But now, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I don't have the time to play. I was play that, that, that many games. That's exactly where I was just gonna go. So the for I, God, I probably haven't fired up that Raspberry Pi in probably several weeks now. Um, and, and gone into it and and played anything for quite some time. Like I, it, they're there, and if I ever want to, I know I can go into it. I can go and get it. Um, so. The, what I have been doing, though, so aside from like my replay of Alienization, which I'm doing, and I whenever you know the new Dead Space came out, I went out and bought that. I did spend a lot of time into that, sunk a lot of time into that. So there are some newer games that come out. That get, but so I was kind of curious as to how you defined newer games. And the reason why I asked that question is because obviously I've been collecting for the seventh generation, a generation of gaming that. I was not able to participate in because I had kids and we were young and broke. And, you know, it was more important to you buy diapers. What's you, that? You forgot the dumb part of being young, dumb and broke. Oh yeah. Young. Well, well, yeah, there's that too. There's, there's some of that. So for me, the game, like I just got back from, again, I know I've said this a couple of times already. I got back from the retro, uh, retro games con um, here in Pittsburgh, and I picked up like five or six games that I, you know, were on my list of stuff I wanted to try in, and I fired oh, there's two games I haven't tried out yet, but like, I'll spend time, like, it, Chris is right in the fact that you with having a full-time job having, being a parent, having kids, to, things you have to do there you have things you have to take care of with your spouse like, you only have a finite amount of time um, to be able to do much of anything as far as your rest and relaxation kind of time, like what you do with it. And for me, that's one of the things that I'm really super excited to have my 1500 point army done, to have that goal set and done, because I have so many of those games that I picked up from the Retro Games Con that I haven't even put in yet, like haven't tried them yet. 
They're new to me is, I guess, kind of the point that I'm getting at. Are they brand new? Did they, you know, just come off the AAA shelf today? No. But they were AAA games back when they were released. They were new. So, like, that's what I'm I'm kind of curious as to where, uh, how you would define a new game. So, for example, there's... Uh, so, what? so, I'll frame it for you correctly, because we're going to move on to... It naturally progresses onto an expert anyway. Sure. So, obviously, the second part would be, like, what would it take for you to buy a new game? Because I'm in the same boat as you, and I... I took EV out the other week to buy some new clothes for her, so like, all of her clothes was that to get holes in all of her pants. And like she was wearing um, like three quarter length pants from when she was three that were full length pants, but you know what I mean. Uh, it's still what she wanted to wear. I was like, and it got to a stage. I think we, I, we I picked her from it. school like four or five days in a row, and she had holes in her knees. I was like, right, we're not doing this now. I said to Jill, "This is my line in the sand. I'm not sending my daughter to school with holes in her clothes." Young, and I, yep. I so I used all of my like leisure money for the month. We went and I took Evie shopping and bought her a bunch of new clothes. And then she, we just had a garage sale, um, where she'd sold some like she did pretty well just selling like her old Legos and different things and got like 60 bucks, something like that. There you go. Um, and she wanted to go into GameStop, so I was like, yeah, we can have a look. And she found a game like. It's like some kind of um you sliding down a slide and you've got to jump over gaps and stuff. It's like a game she plays on the Kindle, but she got it on the PlayStation 4. And while she was looking at that, I noticed they had Alex Kidd on the PS4. Ooh. So I grabbed that. And I, <laughs> you, so I, you did I the same play, thing. <laughs> but, but I was playing that with Evie, and it is Alex Kidd from the um Sega nice. Master System. Yep. But if you, I think it's if you push R two, it turns it into Master System graphics, oh. and it's exactly the same with the same music. So I'd play it like that, and then I'd die, and it'd be Evie's go, and then she'd push R two and make it into PS four graphics with the PS four VFX and sound effects and everything, and she'd play it, and then she'd die, and I'd turn it back to Master System graph, and then like, we did that, and it was that was like a fun forty five minutes, and then I'll never play that game again. Never again. But like, like, even that is a PS4 game. Yeah, it's a little but, older. But is it? Is it a PS? But but you know what I mean. Yeah, but no, I know. What What would it take for me to go out and buy a PS5 to play a game? Or obviously, privileged life that I'm leading, I've got a 3080 for my card. But what would it take for me to go and upgrade with PSU and put a new card in it? Or upgrade the CPU so I could play a game. Like the, mm. the last game I put more than an hour into, I think the other night I was in the middle of doing some stuff and then I just threw on Diplomacy 3 that I downloaded off Steam like a couple of years ago. It's like, I think it was a relatively new game when I downloaded it, but it's just like I, I was the Prime Minister of the UK. I kept, I like increased the GDP. I, um, got us into a $500 million excess surplus fund. Um, I abolished a bunch of taxes, and then I got bored, so I became an authoritarian ruler. I had, like, police <laughs> drones flying around. Um, like, I, I took away all of the free free, free um, lawyers. Uh, I took away all of the people's rights and had secret police 
um, um, non-public trials, just put people in jail. And I still had like, and, yeah, I still had like a ninety-eight percent approval rating. Don't worry about it; it's fine. <laughs> you know, everyone loves me. I, everyone's got money. Just, just obey the law. You know, that's all I, I gotta do. Um, so yeah, I, I got bored and um, became a benevolent dictator, benevolent-ish dictator, a benevolent-ish. Right. I mean, I legalized drugs there and you then go. put a massive tax on them. And made a bunch of money off of it. Yeah, you know, well, not a bunch, because people couldn't afford it, because the tax was so high, but, you mm. know. Um, but, like, I put maybe five hours in that, that you know, just playing it for like, a solid block, and then I'm not turning it back on. I'm not going to pick up that save file. I'm d- like, there's no end game. Yeah, it's just a, you know it's what I mean? a time soak, a time killer. Yeah. I actually do that. I do that with uh, Surviving Mars, which is a Steam game. I do the same thing where I'll play it for, you know, four or five, six hours over, you know, while I'm doing laundry or whatever, because it's a sim game. So it's not like you have to be there every second of the time, but I'll play it and then I'll do it again a month later, maybe. And I'll just start over because I don't even know what the hell I was doing from the first one. So, so I do the same thing where I'll never play a saved from a save point in a game usually so so before we move on to the what it would take uh, i do have the one final i feel like you two are gonna nod along with this one but i don't have time to learn a new game yeah there's a there's a lot of that all right i want to play a strategy game Oh man, I've got to learn the units. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I could just play Company of Heroes too. I could just play. So I, on yep. on Steam, I bought the Gears of War strategy game. Never loaded it up. I've re I put I had all of those playthroughs of Shogun Total War two again. Well, that was a new but, one for you though, wasn't it? But I don't know how old that. No, was. I, I I mean it Shogun Total War. So Shogun two Total War. What is it? I don't I don't even know what the naming convention is, but yeah, um that was an old game by the time I played it again. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um and then like if I had a choice between like whatever the newest strategy game is or Red Alert, I'm probably playing Red Alert. Oh god, you know? yeah. Oh god, yeah. Just because I, I know my build paths, I know um uh, the order of campaign and all of that kind of I just or um, I'm I've not gone back to the Resident Evil remix. I, I, told, I think I said I bought Resident Evil Zero and Resident Evil One. It, it was like a PS4, like both games on the same disc. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah, I've got to pick that up. It's on it's on my yeah. list to pick up because it's the Origins one that's got Zero yeah. and One on it, but it's the yeah, HD but, remastered of One. Yeah, so it's completely different. Like the. The, the mansion layer is completely different so i'm like oh i've got to actually play the g- i can't just brain off play i have to actually engage with the game and play and I, I don't know if that's part of my problem is i don't actually want to engage with the game i don't have time to do that but probably the same, I, the same reasons why i pick up castlevania symphony of night like 17 times a year and just pick right up where i left off of my save game file on my steam deck and be and be like, yep, no, I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly what I'm doing because I don't have to think about it. It's just you know, a good time killer for 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah, I I bought um, 
So obviously when, when Final Fantasy VII came out on the PS4, I traded in my Xbox One and picked up uh, the PS4. So that meant I lost all of my save for Fallen Order. So Ooh. I didn't. I bought Fallen Order but didn't play it to get caught up So I was trying to do Final Fantasy VII. Then after that, I think I bought Red Dead 2, which was probably a couple of years old by that time. I played that for a little bit but was just messing around, wasn't actually trying to play the game. And then uh, when I got the board game for Horizon Zero Dawn, I went and picked up uh, Horizon. Uh, I played Monster Hunter World, um, not the newest one, the one before that one, um, a little bit. But yeah, I I haven't bought uh, Baldur's Gate, and I don't think I will, because I know I'll not play it. So I don't want to drop like 80 bucks on a game that I'm not going to play. So. Yeah, way to, way to encompass that. So uh, for me, for those kinds of things, like I, I'm kind of in the same boat. First of all, Gabriel, it's uh, Gabe and I share the, the same Steam file or the same Steam account. So, I'm aware. so when he buys all these games, it gives me access to all of these because at some point in time, I'll sit down and do it. Like I think he's already beaten Baldur's Gate 3, I think I've put three hours into it. And I think the, the, the problem for me is I'm not 18 years old and have nothing else to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's that whole thing of having finite amount of time. So, for example, um, when I started getting into 7th Generation, one of the very first games that I played on the PlayStation 3 when I bought it was Dead Space. And I fucking loved that game. It was awesome. It was amazing. So when the remake came out for the PS5, that was just putting on, you know, a familiar pair of jeans for me. Like, yes, the game was updated. Yes, there were some new things, a little couple of new areas. But overall, it's the same game, but looks a whole lot better. Mechanics are a little bit tighter. Things are a little bit cooler, cleaner, and crisper. But it's the same game. So... I had no problem going through. I didn't have to think my way through it. The same reason, like I'm going through Alien Isolation right now. I was, I was shocked. Um, the PS5, whenever you put the game in, it gives you the, how many hours you have put into that game. I personally, on my account, have put in over 300 hours on Alien Isolation over the years. Now that doesn't include. I mean, we, we haven't checked in for a while, have we? On our Steam, I was. Let's have a look. Oh God. Now I'm going to get, now I'm going to get, I can't because it's all going to be games hours for the most part. Yeah. Are you talking um, about total hours playing Steam games or? Yeah. That's a good question. Where are we? So far, not percentage. Oh, I was played. Well, why you we, were I, we do have a new winner because um, I restarted playing Battletech um, when Ooh, I was that's playing right. Battletech. So when I'm at 180, 180 hours on Battletech. Oh, there you go. My well, second have, most place. You go, Sean. I have three hundred in Project Zomboid. Ooh, yeah. all right. But I, I mean, play. I play that multiplayer. So yeah. Um, Terraforming Mars on it is probably my most, which is four seventy nine point six. So my second most played in hours, and this is going to let you know um, how long we're talking. Wait, is, how do you how do you sort this? This tells you how much I've spent. So you. Yeah, you scroll down, you go to your library, and mm-hmm. then you scroll down from recent games, play next to all games, and then you sort by hours played. Okay, gotcha. So my second most played is Football Manager 2009. 
No, oh, this is on the kids Steam account. So Terraria is the high one on here, <laughs> with Among Us of all things being below that. I mean, I got thirty-one hours in Among Us. Thirty-one point seven hours. I, this account's got thirty-one point one. But again, this is this is the kids account, not mine. Yeah. It's actually my son, uh, my youngest son's account. So maybe not so much going into looking to that. Oh, uh, can you can you look at that on the Steam Deck? I'd have to run it. I'd have to run and go get mine and take a look. So what oh. have we got? We've got Squadrons. It's probably the newest game that I've put hours into, and that's 111 hours. But that was what, COVID times, right? Yeah, that was during COVID. That was like the first year or so of COVID. God, which game? Like, what would I say? A newer game, the the most recent newer game that I put the most time on would probably be um final fantasy 7 because it took me like over 30 hours to beat that game but that having been said again so i had never played mass effect before i got the ps3 i know i keep going back because it, it's an old game but it was new to me when i played it so i played through the entire trilogy and that was like 90 plus hours to play through the entire trilogy and then replayed it again so that I could get the good ending at all the way in. So I had to have put, I don't know, 250 hours into Mass the Mass Effect trilogy whenever I got it with Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I'd, I'd have to go. I wonder if I can. I wonder if I can look at it on the PS4 app, just out of curiosity. Steve, oh, sure. I doubt it. But there's a. T huh? I put a ton of time into that game. I have 14 minutes in Squadrons. 14. <laughs> but yep. then. Inquisitor Marta, Sean. I've got 63 hours in Marta. Oh, wow. Did I find it on mine? Let's see. My XCOM hours are probably false because I played it originally on the PlayStation 3 for Enemy Unknown and bought it again on the PC. So I've got 53 hours for XCOM Enemy Unknown and then XCOM, XCOM 2. I've got 74 hours. So Inquisitor, like, Order, I have 36.4. That's all playing with you guys. Yeah. My XCOM 2 on this account is five hours. I actually have another Steam account, which I don't know anything about where that account. Probably had a couple hundred on that one. Hmm. Or, yeah. But yeah, um, my top five is, is Battletech, Football Manager 2009, um, Shogun 2, RimWorld at 145 hours. And then squadrons at 111. Tabletop Simulator is my number six at 105 hours. I have 310 hours on Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I got 479 on Terraforming Mars. Oh, that makes sense. You play that a lot. I played a ton. Uh, 315 on Civ 5, 300 on Zomboid, 221.5 on Surviving Mars, and 118 on Civ 6. Yeah. Then my sixth most played game is Guild of Dungeoneering with 39 hours. Okay. So it drops off pretty dramatically. So like, where are we? Let's go to new and noteworthy games, right? Top set on new releases, probably. Like, You're talking just on the just on the store, just just on Steam store, yeah. So Diablo, yeah, I I just don't care. Yeah, me I don't either. feel like Diablo Four is going to offer me anything I didn't get at Diablo Three or Diablo Two. Well, and to be perfectly Forza, honest with you, I, like, I don't care about Forza. I'm struggling with like racing games. Like, so my son asked me about a race, like he wants to pick up a racing game and I'm like, okay, I'll maybe, what's the, 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 
So you, if you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly and get like a sim set up. It's the yeah, only yes. way I feel well, like. Because you guys have it. got the 3D headsets, right? Are the, yeah, but here's the, um, here's the, the VR headset, sorry. We do, we do. We have, I've got two of them here. But here's the catch, though. So, like, my first go-to for a racing sim would have been Gran Turismo. Like, I spent a lot of hours on Gran Turismo 2, one of the best games I ever put in when I was a, when I was a kid. But, like, the modern games now, they're all, like, microtransaction-y bullshit. And that's not what he wants. He just wants to sit down and play a racing game. And, like, I, like, there's a part of me that wants to be... I've got Gran Turismo 5 on the PS3. It's a fantastic game. It's a great game. EA NASCAR. Yeah, you. I've done that too. That is that is a fun game. It's driving in yeah. circles, but it's well, I, that's a joke. I know that there are I'm gonna go there, fast. There, I'm gonna turn left. Yeah, there are oh. road courses in NASCAR. I do know that because I ran a season in NASCAR. So if you want, so it all depends on what you're like. If you're looking for a sit down racing simulation type game. The modern games are the best, you know, but you need to get the pedals, steering wheel, and all that kind of crap with it. You, you just need to, to make it in the shifter, kind of like you would do with a flight sim, you know, where you can go as far as, you know, the the power levers and, and the levers to put your landing gear down. You know, if you're going to do it, don't do it with a stick, do it with the steering wheel. Yeah. Um, but here's my... So... If you have access to MAME and you want to play a game that you could play with joystick is a game from 83, 84, <laughs> there, 82 to 84 is uh, Ivan Stewart's Off-Road. Oh, yeah. And I've heard a rumor that Arcade 1-Up may be coming out with that next year, which is another game I would buy, but I don't know if they would do it because that came with three steering wheels and pedals. And you raced, you know, with up to three people. Um, but that's one because there's an upgrade fashion to it, you know. So it's a quarter suck game because you're racing against Ivan Stewart. But if if you, whatever place you come in, you get money. And then you can upgrade your car with the in-game money in the game. Or you can just throw a bunch of quarters in and max your car out. Depends, you know, on how you want to play it. But there's that one, and then there's another one that was similar to it, but it's a, it's, uh, it's I don't know, it's the Formula One version, and I can't remember who, who that, who the person is, but there's another one similar to it where you're upgrading your car. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know the the, I, I know uh, so that there you, are people... you should play Super Off Road because my uncle did the graphics for it. On the Sega Genesis. On the Sega Genesis. Super. Next the next time I the next time I see that loose cart, sometime I'm gonna pick that up just to say that I have one of those just for that purpose. Yeah, I'm gonna drop you the images that I know that he was um, definitely responsible for in uh, podcast crap because probably not really fit for public consumption. Probably. It's funny too because as I'm looking at this list of like the new and noteworthy in Steam, there's like one two games maybe that would interest first and foremost for me i have no interest whatsoever oh oh he did those oh i yeah. know those yeah oh i didn't realize he did that work that's awesome yeah i know um, he worked i know we had talked about him working on it. i just didn't realize that's the artwork that he had done for it yeah and this is the yeah. game that i'm talking about who in the arcade it was ivan stewart's 
super off-road. And then it was ported as super off-road or whatever. Yeah, it was on, on the Super Nintendo and on the Genesis. Yep. And that's but, this is the game I'm talking about. Okay. It's interesting to me, though, as I'm looking through these games that are on the top sellers right now for Steam, there's so many game genres that I just stop giving a shit about. Like, yeah. the online first-person shooter, I could give a flying fuck less. Like, quite honestly, I don't care about the latest Apex Legends or your or your CODs or your Counter-Strike. Like, I, I first of all, I would get too frustrated because the only way you actually really get any good at any of those games is putting time into those, and I don't have that time. So I would just find those extraordinarily frustrating. And then the MMOs, I don't... Again... Oh. I've I don't just, have that I've kind just gone of time. In, I went into Google and searched for best PS5 games. Okay, hold on. I, I want to go through. The, I want to go through the list here. I'll go through it with you. Am uh, I? Let, let's pick for IGN or Tech Radar. Tech Radar is the top best PS5 games 2023. So, so like God of War, just a sequel. Um, yeah, but the God of War series were fun. I think. No, we... but, but what I mean, I think. Like, there's nothing new though. Nothing make makes me look at it and go, "Oh, that's," you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, uh, and you're you're right. Asher's Playroom is the actual game that actually came with the console. That was a ton of fun. I liked that. It was a short game, but I liked it. So I will end up buying a PS5, and it will be for the new NCA college football game that's finally coming out. Finally coming out. It's, it's going to drive all the prices down to those NCAA fourteens. Uh, yeah, that are like a hundred dollars on PS3, and I think the um the Xbox 360 one is like eighty dollars because it was the last one. All right, so there's a good one. Resident Evil Village Seven. Played that. Yeah, I have that. That, but again, all right. So has that not been out for like a long time? Because that's the one with the the giant vampire lady, right? Yes, who's only in like the first like two hours of the game. And then, oh, so that must be what two years old now. It's got to be three. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's not a new game, is it? And that's what because did it not come out on PS4 and then they'll just upgraded it for PS5? Oh. I for so I think that was one of those ones that was the um, cross-platform release. Yeah, like, it released for both at the same time. But I think to get to the question, I think that you're driving at is what would it take to to get you interested in playing a new game? Oh boy, it has to tickle that nostalgia bone in some way, shape, or form. The only reason why that game interested me in any way, shape, or form because it was a Resident Evil game. And all right, short story, small tangent. It's totally, it's totally on point, and I'll get to it here in a second. Um, Gabe, uh, Gabe has been going to the game store the last couple of weeks, even though I couldn't. So when he came home, he came home with an old PS One. One of the guys at the game store was giving away crap. Doesn't have cables. Doesn't have a controller. It looks like it's been in the smoker's house for 14 years. I'm probably going to have to like ultra bright it to get it back to the original color. But being me, the person that I am, I now want to bring that PlayStation back to life. And then the thought crossed my mind of, well, I remember when I bought my PlayStation one and I remember the day I bought it because I bought it for Final Fantasy seven and I picked up two other games whenever I got it. I picked up Final Fantasy seven. I picked up Resident Evil director's cut. And then I think the third one was the latest Madden at that particular year. I couldn't remember. Do you want to know what the correct answer is, Ed? You need a second PlayStation 1 and a link cable and some uh, Command & Conquer Red Alert action. 
Oh, yeah. We used to play this game. Oh, Colony Wars was another one. But you needed two TVs, two PlayStations, and two copies of the game to make it work. But you absolutely could do it. I 100% remember doing that. But we used to play um, Command and Conquer on the PlayStation. It's networked up when I was in my basic training uh, on the PlayStations. And then we we networked up all our PCs in the block. We had like cables running under the doors and stuff. And in the roofing tile so we didn't get in trouble. And we used to play... Um, oh. Before Counter Strike, when it was um, Team, Team Fortress. Fortress, yeah, Team yeah. Fortress, probably Team Fortress One. Uh, yeah. I had a, we we did something similar at the. Uh, it's not even a, Penn State doesn't even have the campus there anymore. Uh, it used to be Penn State McKeesport campus. Uh, it's that was the year that Starcraft came out, and we yeah. had set up a LAN because we're all in. We were all computer students. We'd set up a LAN, and we literally were running cables out the windows and upstairs. <laughs> And running the network that way so that we would have like eight player StarCraft games going on, four on fours or one on ones or one for alls. Oh, God, I could fire up StarCraft right now and still do that. It's so it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, again, it's for that. that that's what it was, that's what gaming was like when I was I was young. When again, when you had, had the time to be able to put that in. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm surprised at myself that I haven't gone out and bought uh, Jedi Survivor because I want EA to keep making single-player Star Wars games. But I've not got... I mean, obviously, I suppose the fact that we're, like, 14 months into Second Kid has something to do with that, you know? Yeah, yeah might, have, might have something like, to do with that. Throw away money and all of that. I, I used all of my money to buy Eevee clothes because they had holes in them, kind of you know, real world problems to solve. Yeah, yeah, no, that's probably the right answer. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else. Like the last thing I was excited about, I got burned on the Avengers game. I was excited for that when it was announced, and I, I remember watching the announcement with a bunch of friends. We we're on in like a Discord chat watching it, and it looked really cool. Well, we can all play this together. Then I bought it, and no one else did. And then I was like, oh. All right, okay. It's just me then. <laughs> the, um, one, the one that was, um, I have not played it. It is sitting upstairs for the PS5. I think it's in PC too. But the Guardians of the Galaxy one was apparently really good. Gabe really liked that. Yeah. Again, I haven't touched it yet. It's sitting up there. Yeah, and I don't know. It's one of those, but it just seemed like an interesting conversation anyway. No, it is. It, it is interesting. So, like, for again, for me, Ultimately, and what it comes down to for me is it's it's time and how much hobby time because I would I would classify that into your hobby time because if you're doing that you're not I'm building not, I'm not painting Celestine right you're not painting you're not painting Celestine hint hint you're I'm not painting sisters I'm not going to the game store on a Tuesday and I'm playing I'm doing that instead I only have X number of hours during the course of a week during the course of a month to do that so if it's something that's going to draw my level of attention from there. It has to be worth it. So, like, I was thinking about this the other day. How many games have you played in your lifetime that you ran out, you bought a game, you played it once, you beat it, and then you've never really thought about it again, ever? There's there's oodles of them. It's the same thing of, like, TV shows or movies that you've seen. You spent your you spent your dollar on it, you burned a few hours, and then it's completely gone from your memory. It, it, it had no impact on you whatsoever. So, for me, it's down to the 
since I have such a finite amount of time, it damn well better be worth it. Which is the reason why I really do want to put some time into Baldur's Gate 3, because from my understanding, it is a fantastic, amazing game. I just haven't had time to put into it yet. The reason why I ran out and got Final Fantasy 7 and put time into it, because it really was a really good game. I really enjoyed it, just like the Dead Space remake really good game that's the stuff I, I don't want to like if i'm going to burn those hours i i, I it's kind of a, it's a it's a cost benefit ratio kind of thing like i want to be spending my hours into something that's a hundred percent worth it hmm. does that make does that make sense like that's why no. it's easy it's easier for me to like fall back on older games that i've played because i know that i enjoy them i know going into it that if i fire up castlevania symphony of the night right now I'm going to enjoy that game. I'm going to enjoy playing that game. If I fire up, I don't know, what's the uh, Alien Isolation? I'm in the middle. I know that I'm going to enjoy that game. I don't have to relearn it. I don't. Have, I know I'm going to enjoy that game. So that's yeah. kind of one of those things. Like, it, it's different when you're young and you can sit there and say, yep, I spent $20 in this game, played it once, liked it. It was okay. And then never touch it again. Like, I don't have those hours to burn anymore in my life. So if I am going to burn them, it's got to be for something that's worth it to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I get it. I get it. If we if we go from video games to board games, it's a whole different ball game for me is I'll spend much more money on a board game than I will on a on a video game by far. Easily. I'm getting better. Getting better. I have actually have a return to Dark Tower coming here within the next week. Oh. You'll have to let me know how that is. Well, it's going to be in a gigantic box, so I got to figure out where to store it first. Because it's both, both. It's the original. You know, it's the return to, and then it's the, it's all the Kickstarter stuff. So it's the two expansions. Yeah, that's, that's the one that goes for the app on your phone instead for the Dark Tower yeah. itself. Oh, you're gonna have to let me know how this. I, when I again, I keep calling calling back to it. When I went to the Pittsburgh Retro Games Con, um, they had a copy of hero quest there and i have my copy it's right there i could see it i could reach out and touch it i couldn't tell you the last time i cracked that open probably the last time i cracked it open was to check to make sure all the pieces were there oh yeah that was, that was it like it's one of those things like i don't have no nobody here wants to play that kind of stuff with me anymore well and that's why you know having board game groups that's why like going to adepticon that's like if you're driving that's a game to bring Sure is. Because that's a hotel room, you know, or a hotel game to play right there. You don't have to play it at the con, but that's something to break out in the lobby of the hotel when, you know, everything shuts down at Adepticon. You know, grab dinner, sit down and play some some heroes, you know, or hero, whatever it is. Well, guess what you just probably committed to, because if you have Dark Tower by then, I might ask you to bring it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I will. I mean, it's just going to be me driving my car so i'll have all the room in the world bring anything i might because i desperately want to play that because i have not played that game in oh god years and decades yeah dark tower is my favorite board game so when i saw this it's just like yeah when i didn't get in on the first one because i didn't know it was happening then i played the return at a con and it's like oh yeah i gotta get this if they ever do it again and then and now I'm just like, yeah, once it gets here, it's I'm ready to download the app and break it out and take it to our Wednesday game night and play it, you know, with all the bells and whistles that I got with it. 
And maybe even run it at a con. Well, because again, they have that open game room at Adepticon. Like they have open tables. Like we can literally just sit down and re- re- remember though you're gonna be doing stuff. I'm gonna if be you, doing stuff you, probably two of the four days that we're there. Yeah, yeah, then at the other two days. At yeah. least two days wide open. Yeah, that's where you bring that's where you bring Hero Quest and we play it at the con. I am not gonna be able to bring into the con, it'd be difficult to, without a like a cart or something to bring in Return to Dark Tower because it's a gigantic box just for the the base game and then all the other crap that comes with it. Oh no, 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 no. we'll do we'll do that at the ho- so that, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably a side conversation you and I should have. I talked to my wife about that and she's like, oh, you guys should just get an Airbnb instead. It's probably going to be cheaper on you. And I'm like, yeah, but it was kind of nice to go to the hotel because it was really, really close. But if it's cheaper, oh, I'll. Yeah. I'll 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 hit you up whenever I'll look at I intend to look at that tomorrow um to see how cheap Airbnbs are in that area cuz it's going to be in the same place yeah. um to see if it's cheaper for us cuz I'm trying to remember what the hotel was but if it's cheaper for us maybe we just get a house instead Yeah yeah I mean it's really no different you know no, in I essence agree. you know I agree the only, the only, like I said, the only upside with where we stayed la- uh, this year was it was kind of nice we were just get in the car and two seconds later we're at the con. Yeah, and we could talk offline about it because it'd be cheaper because we could buy food, cook food. Uh huh. At the Airbnb. There's you know. that too. And you know, have Chris over too. You know. Yeah. He won't. He won't be working the whole time. Oh, we'll see. We we we'll need see. to find one with a hot tub though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, what else you got, or is that kind of is that I kind of the direction? Done. I think we're done. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's anything else to really add to it. You know. Oh, good. This was a, this was a good this was a good nostalgia trip. This is a good trip down memory lane with a lot of games. All right, so that is gonna do it for this one. So I uh, hope. What was the movie that we were supposed to watch? Hard Target was that? Was that yeah. the one with Jean Claude Van Damme film? So yeah. technically. The next episode, we are supposed to be record. We're supposed to watch the movie, and we're supposed to record the the movie episode. However, I did ask the guys, and I didn't get an answer, so I'm going to assume it's okay that I wanted to hijack the next episode and actually take my turn next, and then have the movie the following episode, because it's going to be in enough time that if we record it on time, it'll be enough time to come out for Halloween. And I had a nice spooky themed idea for a show, and I didn't want to wait until November to do it because it can feel like it's out of place. Um, so I think the next episode I'll take one and then we'll no, do we're, we're into no, it would have had to been today. Would it really? Yeah, Thursday the 26th is me doing, um, oh God, you're right. Never mind that. I guess, I guess I'm watching hard target then I'll still bring my topic I mean, up. We can, <laughs> if you want, we can do a bonus thing if you want to get something out before Halloween, but it would have to be a, an extra show rather than a. No, I can hold it. I'll hold it off then. I was kind. Of, it's okay. It's okay. Darn yeah, it! I our, I... our next recording after today is supposed to be November second. November second. All right. I guess I'm watching Hard Target sometime in the next two weeks. <laughs> so yep, next yeah. week it's gonna be next uh, next episode. It's gonna be a, a review of the Jean Claude Van Damme classic. Hard John Target. Woo's first Hollywood movie. Oh, is it? Is his first? Yeah. That can't be his first. His first, his first Hollywood movie. I thought his first was No Retreat, No Surrender, where he played the bad guy in that. Maybe the first movie that he starred in. All no, right. it's directorial. It's Hollywood directorial debut for John Woo. 
Oh, John Woo's director. I thought you were talking about Jean Claude. John Woo's director. Okay, yeah, no, I would agree to that. I stand corrected. Yeah. All oh. right. So, in closing, of course, if you want to get in contact with us or support Chris in any way, shape, or form that you can, I'm going to direct you to dice8.com, which is going to have the Discord, the Patreon, the the Instagram account. Did you is the Patreon icon on there? I haven't looked today. No, no. I haven't no. looked today. It's not. But it does have everything else. It has a link to his YouTube channel, of course, his Instagram account, uh, his Twitter, if he ever gets back to streaming. Um, that's, if you ever get back there, I wasn't, that wasn't a knock. No, I know. Uh, and they still haven't updated the Twitter account. You have no idea how many people I still hear call it Twitter, even though it's technically X now. <laughs> I keep, I want to correct people like, yeah, no, it's always going to be because Twitter. you can't go Xing, can you? Yeah, exactly. That sounds dirty. <laughs> what, what have you been Xing about today? What are you talking about? No, I'm. I never use Twitter anyway. It's there because it has to be. Yeah, I have. It's the same thing. I have it on my phone, and occasionally something. I like pops. Instagram. I like. I like Facebook because I put a lot of effort into pruning my Facebook. You I get have... every. Everyone gets two and then they're unfollowed. Yep. And then for me, like I've walked away from so much social media. The only reason I even still have Facebook even remotely close is for the Facebook Marketplace, and because our internal chat is in face is in facebook messaging that's uh, it we could use discord for our chat i wouldn't i wouldn't be sad you know we could we could but it's kind of tradition at this point but like legitimately like i'm on i'm on instagram only because of a i support your stuff whenever your stuff comes up but like the james webb space telescope has their own nasa has their own spacex has their own they just did a launch today had a nice little picture that they put up on instagram of the launch that they had today from spacex um, th that's the only reason why I stay on those things. Anyway, all right, so that one's going to do it for this one. Sean, always good talking to you, my friend. Always good to be here. Chris, fantastic topic. Great one. Always good talking to you. Always good to be here. All right, and until next time, guys, fly cash. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Productions.